There's an old Druid axiom that says the truth against the world. Hi, my name's Quentin, and we're going to be talking about ancient pagan beliefs in one fashion or another. We'll touch on Druid, we'll touch on Fae, we'll touch on Wicca, we'll touch on Viking Norse magic. So why don't you stay with me, and we'll get started. So we're going to do a little bit of background first to kind of ease you into this iPod series. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. We're going to be talking about Norse mythology. We're going to be talking about Celtic mythology. We're going to be talking about Wicca. We're going to be talking about Fey magic. We're going to be talking about Druid magic. I myself am a classically trained Druid. I was brought up in the Druid faith for many, many years. I also have studied Norse magic. My wife has studied Fey magic. And I have a background in Wicca and Celt. For those of you that don't know, sometimes when you take magical names, you use them as a way to identify yourself with your fellow practitioners. My name is Quentin. I am a minister, a registered minister. I am also what is called a Vicky, which is Norse for priest. My pagan name is Vidki Magnus Ravenstorm, and that's how I'll be referring to myself from here on in in the pod series. So, what are we talking about here? We're talking about faith. We're talking about faith in something that has been around for centuries and centuries, before Christianity, before organized religion of any sort, there was the pagan faiths. Celtic, Fey, Norse. These had deep roots, not only in their culture, but in the people that involved in that culture. For the gods and goddesses, the pantheon is endless. We could talk for five or six pot series just on the gods and goddesses from the different pantheons of the different sects of the pagan faith. We're going to start out with Norse. Kind of like where I, where I like to start. Simply because, well, it's my preferred. My patron is Thor. I pray to him every day. And what I used to tell my students for a long time is faith. I don't really mind, actually I should change that, I don't care what you believe in, as long as you believe, as long as you have faith, faith is a powerful, powerful tool, and it can be an extremely powerful weapon, as most of the holy wars led by England over Israel have shown us over the centuries, Faith can be a very powerful weapon. But we're not going to get into that. I'm not really concerned about the Christian pantheon. We're talking paganism here. In all its forms, in all its areas, and in all different sects. 
So, like I said before, my patron is Lord Thor, God of Thunder and Lightning. Also, we have the All-Father, Odin, Thor's father, and the father of us all. So, we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be pagan. far-traveling, sky-cloaked wanderer from the far ancient lands, we call to you from across mountain and forest and the far limitless grasslands. We call to you across distant time and a hundred hundred slow turnings of the vast spindle of the sky. We call to you in lands of mystery where ravens wheel in darkling skies and the far-calling wolves echoing eldritch through crisp night wind brings close the strange far worlds where humankind has never trod we call to you beyond distant icy tundra and the vast plains of snow beneath the unearthly rippling and flowing of the dark northern skies boreal lights to the golden gates of Valhalla where the shimmering bridge of the rainbow links to the dark middle earth of men, to the shining realm of the gods. Come to us, O great Odin. That is a prayer, a poem from Norse mythology called Calling of the Grey Wanderer. Hi, it's Magnus again, and we're going to be talking a little bit about Norse, Norse religion. Today we're going to very, not briefly, but we're going to talk about the Reed of Honor. And I'm only going to go into a few of them first. And the ones that I think are the most important. And we will discuss each one as we go. In all that you do, consider its benefit or harm upon yourself, your children, and your people. Now, quite literally, that can be taken a number of different ways. But... For those of you that practice Wicca, you'd recognize it as do unto others as you would have them do unto you in the Christian form or in the Wiccan tradition, what you send out comes back to the tenfold. It's the threefold, tenfold law. Now, here's the thing about this. Nobody really practices it anymore. Well, some do. Most don't even though they should. We've come to a part in this pod series where I kind of want to touch on a little bit more about what it means to be pagan and relieve yourself of all those connotations of tree-hugging hippies in the woods it's not about that. Paganism in all of its paths, uh, sex, it's a religion. This is what we believe. Just as Christians believe in their version of God, 
Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, Mary Magdalene, Mary of Nazareth. We believe in the gods and goddesses, and their list is endless. I mean, in Druid faith, there's the goddess Rhiannon, uh, the triple moon goddess Morrigan, there's Lord Hearn, the Lord of the Hunt, who brings in the winter. There's the Fae tradition. There's the Norse tradition with Odin and Thor and Sif and Balder and Loki and Hela and Frigga, the mother. It's all about perspective, how you were raised, what you believe in, what you choose to believe in. And when it comes to religion, organized religion has literally destroyed any hope or semblance of freedom of thought and freedom of expression, which is why pagan faiths are so, the word I'm looking for, open, because we don't There's no dogma attached to, you have to do this, you have to do that. It's very interpretive. Rituals can be done any number of different ways. A ritual, honestly, can be as simple as a prayer and a candle. That's a ritual. It doesn't have to be some long, elaborate thing where you're wrapped up in a cloak in the mist of the woods with a sword in your hand lose these connotations because in the end it's just more crap that people can sell you religion in the pagan faith is faith and it can be interpreted in hundreds of different ways it can be done in hundreds of different ways You don't need to light a special candle in certain minutes of the day and certain hours of the day to signify or to call to a specific god or goddess. Like I said, we'll get into a lot of this as we go on. We'll be talking rituals. We'll be talking hand fastings. Uh, We'll be talking hand partings. We'll be going into all of the festival rituals, Samhain, uh, Belton, all of them. And we'll go into detail on each one. I'm thinking I'm probably going to be doing an entire pod series in this pod series about each specific festival ritual as we go on. And I'll give you very details, very detailed descriptions of each and then you interpret it to how you want to your needs you know just because some witch or warlock or pagan or druid or Norse practitioner is out in the woods doing a festival of Samhain doesn't mean that's what you have to do if you live in the city it's impractical you can still do your festival You don't need to be in the middle of a pine forest to do your ritual. You can be on a rooftop of your apartment building. You can be in your bedroom of your apartment or your backyard of your house. 
So we'll be getting into all of that as we go on. This first episode was meant to be more of a teaser, kind of go over a general view of what we're going to be talking about. And as time goes on, I'll be getting other pagans to come and talk with me. And we'll be doing interviews of various natures of people that believe in different paths in the pagan faith. So I just want to thank you all for taking the time to briefly listen to this first inaugural episode of what I'm going to be calling Rose Corner. And once again, this is Vicki Magnus Ravenstorm, and I thank you so much for listening. And we will see you on the next podcast of Rose Corner.